Welcome to a French Collection podcast, a go-to podcast for everything on France, hosted by me, Annette Charlton. With guests, candid insights into living in France, travel discussions and more, our show will transport you to the land of cheese and croissants. So now let's dive into our next episode. Hello and welcome to our podcast again. Today we're going to head down to the French Riviera together. We're going to look at the walks in that area and particularly the secret paths that follow the sparkling blue water. The French Riviera is a heavenly place to walk and in particular the area between Nice and the Italian border is a favourite for walkers in the region. So we're going to have a look at two different uh, ideas in our podcast today, the first being the walks of the French Riviera. And I'd like to say at the outset that uh, much of this has been shared with me from one of my fabulous readers, Susan MacDonald. Now, Susan MacDonald is a regular visitor to the area, and so she wanted to share with us and with us all her favourite walks. So as we explore this area of France together, I would like to say that my pronunciation may not be as perfect as, as yours in the description and uh, names of some of the areas and regions, uh, but we'll give it a go and I'll use my, uh, my best French for you. So starting with the peninsula walk around the Cap de Ferret. Finding the start of many coastal paths in the Riviera can be quite a challenge, so thankfully many of them are signposted to help you along. One of the best walks is along the peninsula of Cap de Ferret, beginning on the promenade Maurice Riviere. Flat, paved and picturesque from the beach in Bully, walk along the tiny fishing, uh, the tiny fishing village of Saint-Jean-Cap-Ferret. Along the way, you'll find a standout villa. It's pink. It's called La Fleur du Cap, which has been recently restored for, would you believe it, 10 million. It was the home of Charlie Chapman in the 1950s, and more recently, it was actually a hideaway for Dodi Fayed during his time with Princess Diana. You'll get a romantic glimpse into a different world of affluence and be able to admire some seriously good gardening along that walk. So the Cap de Ferret Peninsula Walk to Saint-Jean. On the waterfront of the quaint village of Saint-Jean, the terrace of the boutique hotel La Voule d'Or has the best views back towards Bully. Pushing on past Chateau Saint-Jean, you'll be able to glimpse a Venetian-style villa, which takes its privacy very seriously. The villa was once owned by Hungarian princess Vilma Wolf Palais. With signs about mean dogs and glass shards and barbed wire on top of the enormously high stone fence, it certainly sends a message to everybody, particularly uh, potential intruders, to keep well away. The Cap de Ferret Peninsula Walk to La Plage Paloma. So a little bit further along, the steep staircase to La Plage Paloma takes the wily walker on a sweeping curve along the water's edge and past historic sites. These sites are situated high on the hills. The famous St Hospice can be glimpsed through the pine trees. 
This is named after a hermit missionary who created small stone huts here in about 1560 AD. And it marks the first Christian settlement in the area. Access steps for platform sunbaking, that sounds fabulous, and swimming have been cut into the rock for the locals. Huge gates keep lush gardens and enormous houses secluded from prying eyes. So there'll be a lot that you can't see uh, behind these fences, but the area is beautiful all the same. So another walk is the Cap de Ferre Peninsula Walk to Villa Santo Sospia and Villa La Florentina. So further along, Villa Santo Sospia appears. So back in 1950, Parisian socialite Francine Huisweiler invited the avant-garde artist Jean Couture for dinner. He ended up staying for, would you believe it, 12 years and painting frescoes on the villa walls. Not your typical guest, I reckon. Australian mining millionaire St Edward Davis, Ed, sorry, Sir Edmund Davis, purchased a magnificent Italian villa located on the tip of the Cape called La Florentina. He bought that from French aristocrat Theresa de Beauchamp. With little access around the Cape, he actually helped to fund the building of a path around the Cape, which he enjoyed and now you and I as visitors can also enjoy. That property was nearly destroyed by uh, departing German soldiers in 1944. Now another Australian, this time the hugely eccentric Lady Kenmere, renovated the villa into a magnificent sanctuary after the war. And Susan likes to, to share with us that there's something about the light in this particular part of the world that attracts artists and nature lovers. Another one of the walks in the area is the Cap de Ferre Peninsula Walk to the Grand Hotel and the Rothschild Villa. Lunch on the terrace of the Grand Hotel Cap de Ferre is worth the trek. It's a special place to stay, but with accommodation on the side of very pricey, enjoying the million-dollar views over an excellent lunch is a nice and probably much more affordable option. Booking ahead is absolutely a must and this must be done so that you can uh, have a table. There's a rather wonderful uh, curved marble staircase in the foyer and ascending or descending the grand staircase is a bit like movie star stuff. Wandering a little further, you reach the quintessential villa of the Rothschild and the delightful tea rooms are in themed gardens. Something else that's pink. This number one TripAdvisor destination remains a great monument built by the fabulously wealthy Baroness Beatrice F.U.C. de Rothschild. One of, it's been said, the most original women on the Riviera. Taking seven years to build, from 1912, Beatrice holidayed in the villa, hosting lavish garden parties and soirees until 1934. She worshipped the colour pink and would greet visitors dressed in a costume the colour of rose from her boots right through to her parasol. In the words of a famous French writer, Jérôme Cognard, the Princess Beatrice Effusi de Rothschild created an idyllic universe in her residence. 
Filled with art and particularly priceless 18th century porcelain, the five-bedroom dream home is testament to a woman of great energy, generosity and vision. It's recommended that spending an afternoon strolling in the gardens complete with a singing fountain shaped like the deck of a cruise liner is an extraordinary experience. Susan's tip is to walk in the morning when the sun is kind and the air retains some of the crisp morning clarity. And once the eucalyptus heats up and scents the the paths, it's time to dine somewhere special for lunch. And then by the time you get to the heat of the afternoon, her suggestion is to take a taxi or a bus back home to your base and perhaps enjoy a good afternoon nap. So now the exotic walk of Jardin Exotic. The sedate and timeless stone village of Ayres is perched on a hill near Monaco and it feels like being close to heaven. Walking up well-made and often travelled paths to the exotic gardens, Jardin Exotic Des, located in the ruined 12th century castle, is a scene of elevation which can last for days. I guess that sense of being so high lasts with you for days. Philosophers have been fascinated and have made the walk daily to complete their writings Tourists have walked these steps many times. The path is a wonderful way to find inspiration and gain mental strength. Downhill takes about an hour with some scenic stops along the way. It's rocky and uneven in parts and the hike requires very sensible shoes. Ned Zish has written that the ground keeps me rooted. My mind is in the heavens. And as Susan turned one of the bends in the path, she could see the hazy sea in front of her with white tails from boats and the sun beating down on the rooftops, feeling a sense of peace, serenity and gratitude of being able to do this walk. She recommends visiting early and catching the bus up the hill from Ez-Sumir train station. On the way back, an idea is to drop into the beachside restaurant and Juna for a well-earned cool drink and possibly even some afternoon dancing. How good are these walks sounding? I've got another one for you. Cape de Antibes walk. Take the number two bus from Antibes train station. You'll be taken through the town along graceful avenues and past enormous villas. From the bus windows, the view into the gardens are a bit special. Get off at the lighthouse stop and walk down the steep footpath to La Plage de la Groupe. The Cape de Antibes walk is famous and the path leads to Sentia Littoral at the end of the beach. With superb lookouts of the rugged coastline, wearing good shoes is a must for this walk as well, and a hat for the shade is also pretty much a must. The path can only be walked on calm days and the sea and the sudden drops can be dangerous, so just take care with that. After about an hour, Susan says the high walls of Villa Ellencroc come into view. The gardens are supposedly haunted by Greta Garbo. There's a quaint small cove and a beach called Plage de Galette. It's frequented by locals and the path can be found beside the Great Gates. 
open very rarely. It's worth a visit if you can manage it. And at the time of writing, it was open on a Wednesday afternoon from 2pm until 5pm. And now to our last walk, Hotel Ducap Eden Rock Walk. The final destination of note is the legendary Hotel Ducap Eden Rock. Even though the walk along Boulevard J.F. Kennedy takes you past enormous villas and gates, the footpath can feel a little bit suburban. That's until the beautiful building of the hotel comes into view. It's happily situated in a large 11-hectare park of olive groves and rose gardens with sweeping vistas to the sea. Dressing the part, taking the side entrance past the guards because lunch can be taken in the seaside pavilion with its astonishing views of the swimming pool, which have been hewn from rock and features a diving board into the sea. Famous for guests such as the Fitzgerald, the Hemingways and the Murphys, Sarah has been known for taking her pearls to the beach for some sunbaking. The hotel has been in business since 1870 and well worth a visit. So there's some different walks that you can take in the French Riviera. At this point, I'd like to say thanks again to Susan for her great roundup of walks that you can take in the area. Susan is an Australian school teacher and she loves spending time in this part of France where she immerses herself in the life and the history. So thanks, Susan. And now a word from our sponsor, a French Collection Tours. Thinking of visiting France? A French Collection Tours offer inspirational, luxurious, escorted all-women tours to Paris, Normandy, Brittany and Provence. Imagine seven days with a small group of like-minded women exploring the wonders of France. These fun and exclusive tours focus on culture and art, great food and drink, authentic locations and market trips and boutique shopping. Our French collection tours are perfect to relax and unwind, re-energise and invigorate with everything taken care of for you. Your host Annette Charlton has lived part-time in France with her family for over 11 years and knows how to ensure your tour is perfect. Whether it's bucket list items or secret places Annette knows about, you will truly love the Parisian vibe. And if you want to experience Brittany like a local, then walking, quaint towns, beach walks will delight you. Or if the warmth of the south of France appeals to you, then you'll be spoiled amongst the charming villages and ancient sites on a French collection tour. So if you're thinking of travelling to France, take a look at a French collection tours and create your lasting memories while having the time of your life. Find out more at www.afrenchcollection.com So thanks for that word from our sponsors. And now we're going back to the French Riviera with Susan and we're going to have a look at Villefranche-Semer. Villefranche-Semer is located between the bustling city of Nice and the uber-opulent Monaco. This 16th century working village is a paradise that our guest, Susan, regularly visits and loves. So let's find out why Villefranche-Semer in the commune of the Alps Maritimes Department in the Provence Alps Côte d'Azur, located in the southwest of the Principality of Monaco and just west of the French Italian border, is her favourite holiday escape and why we think you'll love it too. 
This corner of French paradise offers a village atmosphere with an opportunity to live like a local while still experiencing the history, culture and the glorious Mediterranean all at once. Fashion icon Coco Chanel said that the sun is sexy and there is plenty of sun at Villefranche-sur-Mer. In this part of the world, visiting the beach and spending time in the sun is a popular activity. But there's also so many museums, villas, there's the history and the restaurants and it all creates quite an adventure. There's villas in the area. It's a secret place amongst the hectic glamour and the glitz of the French Riviera. Both a combination of modern and ancient and nestled amongst the steep villa-clad hillside on the Bay of Angels. So now let's have a look at a little bit of wandering, the art of la flaneur. Staying close to home, there's enough to entertain you. Wandering the waterfront of the town is delightful, with crusty fishermen, actual fish in the water that you can see, and the occasional terrace table to dodge. The famous painter and avant-garde intellectual, Jean Couture, stayed here when he was painting his exquisite murals in the city, in the nearby tiny chapel of St Peter. This is a paradise for walkers. Venturing up the hill to the modern centre of town uncovers a pretty park and the tourist information office. Buses, banks and the Wednesday morning food market run from here too. There's also the colossal 16th century citadel to explore. It guards the natural harbour of Villefranche and the deepest on the Riviera. It's called La Porte de la Dasse. Thick slanted walls evoke a sense of strength from where the Italian Duke of Savoy protected his duchy against the French in the 1500s. Inside, there are quaint artefacts, a museum and an art exhibition space with a beautiful shady rose garden. Further on, the old town is picturesque with some excellent shopping on the street of hairy soldiers, it's called, harking back to when the village was actually gated against pirates in the 17th century. Amongst other places, the sports bar is a treat for an icy glass of rosé or some handcrafted ice creams at Glacier Soleil. Dining in town. The French take many things seriously, as we know. Smoking, dogs and sunbaking. But with a bit of an obsession with the dining experience, this town has a number of excellent restaurants that will tease your taste buds. Sipping something chilled on terraces and enjoying the view with a steaming bowl of boulebets, which is fish stew, you'll feel like you're living your best life, Susan thinks. For romantic occasions, it's hard to beat the fountain setting inside the old town of Le Garçon. Her favourite dining experience for the mood has to be le pâté because a table for one is just fine and the food is fresh and authentic. Going to Nice. Nice is actually very nice. Most travellers heading to the region arrive into Nice International Airport. Nice is an excellent weekend getaway or an action-packed week on its own. There's so much on offer. Market strolling, museums, shopping, restaurant choices sitting on terraces, enjoying the region's best food and watching the world slowly walk by is pretty soothing for the soul. Going further afield can make for excellent fun also. There's day trips nearby, Cairns, Antibes, Vents and there are the private beaches that we talked about just earlier in this podcast. There's the fabulous Lamala Beach Club. 
It's a favourite destination with a spectacular cliffside walk from the train station and it's got some really friendly staff. The descent from the township involves over 200 steps, but to sit under the red umbrellas and enjoy a delicious lunch in the beachside, beachside restaurant makes everything worthwhile, Susan says. There's a lot to be said for venturing out alone and solo travel, particularly in this area as it's safe and friendly. Take a leap of faith from Susan and visit Villefranche-Semur. It comes highly recommended. And so we say, long live La Côte d'Azur. And so that brings us to the end of another podcast and our time together. Thanks for listening. I've really enjoyed your company and I look forward to sharing more on France and all things French with you next week. Until then, you can head over to the blog at www.afrenchcollection.com for the full blog post. And so it's a merci from me and a bientôt.